had some good, I just want to say, if you need to know the announcements and stuff, I'm not going to take time to do it. There's, there are bulletins and it's on the website. So um, bridgechurcharlington.org has all of our announcements. Everything we do and everything we're about is on there. Um, so that, that's that. I want to get into the word today. Um, three Sundays ago, Matt started talking about um, breaking off um, things the enemy attaches to us. Um, I think there was nine or ten things that he mentioned that that the enemy brings a counterfeit to what God wants us to have. And there, there are things that he that God wants us to break attachment with the enemy. He even asked uh, Matilda to pray for the glue that attaches those things to us to be broken off. And then last week um, we talked about um, how internal things create external things. And we remember the example that we used. We used the lottery example, right? How many people have, have seen the true Hollywood story of the lottery winners? And how many of them win the lottery and they're like, oh, my life's going to be awesome. I finally won the lottery. Everything's going to be great. I'm never going to be broke again. And then years down the road, they're broke. They're in prison. One of the, one of the guys was arrested for assault. He lost his houses, lost his cars. His wife divorced him. I mean, crazy stuff happened because they weren't prepared in here for the blessing that they received, right? And so sometimes we're kind of the same way. We've got to prepare the garden of our heart. We've got to prepare the inside because the inside has everything to do with what we experience on the outside. So today I just want to say that I want to pick up with that and take it from, uh, from managing our heart to the next step of that. And it's creating worlds through conversation. Our words are powerful. How many think your words are powerful? If you don't think your words are powerful, go to that person that you really love and in the meanest, most angry voice you can tell them, tell them that you're mad at them and you hate them and really mean it and see what happens to them. <laughs> it hurts their feelings, right? Words are Don't say words aren't powerful. When we were little kids, we had the stupid little sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And we were all in denial when we were saying that, right? We knew that when that kid said we were fat, that it really did hurt. It hurt worse than sticks and stones. And this is a stupid, why do we say this? We don't even believe it, right? Because words are powerful. Words create worlds. They create realms. They create atmospheres. Um, we've used this example before. Have you ever walked into a room and felt like people were talking about you before you came in the room and you could just feel it in the room? Words are powerful. They are amazing. I mean, after all, how did God create everything that we see? He spoke. <laughs> exactly. Like, just like that. Uh, in my head, God doesn't sound like that. He sounds like James Earl Jones <laughs> in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but but something like something like that. So so God spoke. Let there be. He spoke the worlds into existence. We were created in the image of God. So so there are some characteristics about God that we have, right? So when we speak, we create atmospheres. We create. Uh, uh, if you wake up in the morning and begin to complain about oh it's raining outside or oh this is bad blah blah blah, you start doing that. What happens to the rest of your day? You tend to stumble into bad things because you begin to create a world that makes it possible. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that you can just talk your way out of everything, the power of confession and all that kind of stuff. You can get into the, the New Age philosophy that says the power of confession. But biblically, there's a foundation to it. There's a foundation to, to the world that, that words create. And in uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23, Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart. For it, for from it flows the springs of life's issues. So out of your heart flows all the issues of life. If you're frustrated with life right now, it's not life that's frustrating you. There's something in your heart that's frustrated. 
If you're disappointed, it's not life's issues that are disappointed, that are disappointing you, excuse me. It's something in your heart that is disappointed. It's creating an atmosphere for disappointment. Do you believe that? Proverbs says, above all else, guard your heart because every issue you have in life will come from what's in your heart. Internal structures are built in us by what we allow into and out of our heart. Whatever words that we allow to come in and go out creates things inside of us, belief systems inside of us, right? We are the gatekeepers. This is why Jesus said that I'm going to leave so I can send you the Holy Spirit because I want him to instruct you. Break the word down, instruct again, and it's instruct, internal structures. Literally, when God instructs us and he speaks to us, he's building things inside of us. That's why I quote the scripture all the time in John 8, verse 37. He's speaking with people, and they're angry with him, and they want to kill him. And he's like, he's like you know, what's, what's going on, guys? He's like, I know that you're descendants of Abraham. I know you know the truth. I know that you were raised to know God. But here you are ready to, to kill the person you've been crying for and praying for, the Messiah, because my word hasn't created any room inside of you. The word of God comes into us, and be, it builds structures how does that happen? Because Holy Spirit uses his words to build structures in us. He begins to tell us stuff. Uh, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit would come and he would testify to us who Jesus was. He would whisper in our ear and whisper to our heart who Jesus was so that things would be built in us that are supposed to be there. All right? Are you following with me? So the things in us that create the things outside of us come from words. In Luke chapter 6, verse 45, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it says, The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil that's stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Where do things that are stored in our heart come from? Words. Words. Literally. If there is, there, if there is troubling things inside of my heart, they came from... A, a source that gave me words. If there are good things and faith and belief and hope and joy inside of my heart, they came from words that came from a different source than those other things, right? So words either originate from God or they originate from the enemy. So what will happen is God is speaking to us, and if we say yes to that, oh, yeah, that's, that's a good word. I believe that, God. We store it in our heart, and then in, when times come, we can pull from the good stored in our heart. We can pull good things. But if we believe the lies that the enemy tells us, are you following with me? Today is more teaching than preaching, so you just have to track with me. If we believe into the lies the enemy says, then we're storing up lies in our heart, and we can only pull from what's stored there. And so what will happen is, whatever I'm storing here, good or bad, will begin to come out of my mouth. What I say out of my mouth will create the worlds that I see around me. You know, one thing, that a, a tool that I use... Is I look back in my journaling, I look back at my Facebook in, in, uh, entries or my Twitter account, I look back and see what I've been saying over the last few days to see the condition of my heart. I really do. And if I look back two days ago or three days ago and I said this thing or I wrote this thing in my journal and, and it was not correct, I know there's still something in my heart I need to take care of. Hello? <laughs> because I know that out of the overflow, what, has being, what is being stored in here will come out of my mouth. The best way to know what's in my heart, because you can't see what's in there. Until you're pressed, until a bad thing comes up or, or a frustrating moment, we don't often know what's in our heart. 
How do we know what's in our heart? When we speak. If frustration's been being stored up and pressed up and pressed up and someone cuts us off in traffic, what's stored up here comes out of our mouth. And all of a sudden, it's not the words that came out that were wrong. It's what I've been storing up there. What fed the source of my words? Now, I'm talking about how to break the ties off of the enemy, how to manage our heart, how to create uh, uh, kingdom realities rather than the enemy's realities in our life. So I, I encourage you to do that. If you don't journal, if you don't write down kind of things that you're feeling throughout the day, you need to. Man or female, it doesn't matter. Do it. It's not a girl thing. You don't have to have the little lock on it, though, guys. <laughs> you know, I have manly journals. They have baseball photos on the front of them, and they look like they've been through war and battles, and maybe I'm going to sprinkle some blood on it just so I feel a little bit more manly, right? <laughs> But it's okay for us guys to write down, even if it's just a few sentences of how we feel. Because throughout the weeks, we can look back and see the condition of our heart. Now, I love to go back and read where I was years ago and be like, wow, God, look where you brought me from, from there to here. Look at, I was a crazy mixed up person there. And look what you've done through the process. And it's awesome because out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. See, words gain power when we believe them or come into agreement with them. Yeah? Yeah? So our history on earth or our experiences on earth will also add to what's stored up in our heart. You hear that? The things that you go through in life, your life story will add to what's already stored here. Experiences will take on the purpose of what is stored in your heart. Oh, please listen to me. You can encounter the worst thing that could ever happen to you. But if you have stored up godly principles inside of your heart, you will not react the same way you normally would react when this evil or horrible thing happens to you. Because you're, now what you will do is you will govern your circumstances by what you store in your heart rather than allowing circumstances govern your, your emotions. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you, this is so crucial for us to get, not just as Christians, just as people how to manage ourselves, how to be good co-workers, how to be good husbands, to be good wives. Because if, if we can know what's here, we can take care of a lot of the external things. Jesus told, told them, he goes, hey, it's not what, what, whether they eat with unclean hands or whatever. It's, what, it's what's stored up in their heart. It's what's inside that matters. First wash the inside of the dish, then the outside will be fine. It'll be clean. It'll take care of itself. The Lord is trying to teach us as a church to manage our heart, to manage our emotions. But what do we do when our world crashes in? Do we, do we give in to that thing? The, the determining factor of whether we give in to it or run from it or become fearful or become wounded or become hurt or offended is all determined by what we've been storing up in our heart. What are we thinking about all the time? What words go through our mind? You know, they, scientists tell us that we have so many words going through our head, we cannot even count them. Like so many thoughts, just on, 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 and on. Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. Right now, I'm speaking to you at a certain pace, but your mind is going, you're thinking things and going places. You're even thinking of examples or stories or things that just happened. And you're thinking all these things in your head. All these words. They go somewhere. They're stored somewhere. Right? And the way to know what I've been storing there, sometimes we miss it. Sometimes it's like, um, it's like our, little, our little dog. We bought it when it's a little puppy. And we're like, oh, it's so little and so cute, right? We look back at the puppy pictures to now, like it's not a little puppy anymore. When did it grow like that, right? 
I look at my kids the same way. To me, it's just Josiah. He's been there. He's every day. I don't notice that he's growing. You don't actually see them grow, right? How many of you guys have kids and you're like, man, where did the time go, right? (laughs) As you're with it all the time, you don't see the growth. But when you go back in history and, and, and study pictures and look at the little marks on the wall or whatever it is you do, you're like, wow, my kid has grown like six inches in the last month, <laughs> right? Or how many times you've had to go buy shoes for them, right? Your kids with old, parents with older kids, they go through shoes like crazy, right? You don't see the growth, but it's happening. There are things that are growing in us all the time that we don't see because we're with it all the time. So we have to step back and say, okay, Lord, I need to assess what's going on. What's been stored in my heart? Well, what have my words been? The Lord will help us search those things out, right? See, if, if I have anchored inside of me that all things work for my good, then no, no matter what I face in life, I will approach it from, no, God works all things out for my good. If I store up in my heart, I don't know if God can take care of me. I don't know if God is really that good. I don't know if I'm ever going to be better than I am right now. I don't know if my family's ever going to overcome poverty. If I store those things up in my heart, then anything that happens will go through that filter and through that lens. You can even have a good thing happen to you, and you're waiting for another bad thing to even things out. How many have ever thought that way before? Like, well, be careful. Don't, don't, don't talk too early about good things happening because you know something bad could just come right around the corner. Why do we say stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, knock on wood. Hey, be careful. Don't talk about the no-hitter the guy's pitching because if you talk about it, it won't happen. Crazy stuff, right? Why do we do this? Like, we just got a check in the mail. Glory, it's just money out of nowhere, right? Hallelujah. Like, well, just expect something on your car to break because that's what the money's for. You know? <laughs> Why? Because we've been storing up in us unbelief. And we've been storing up inside of us, no, God's really not that good. I mean, he's good, but he's not that good. He couldn't just send me a check in the mail just because he wanted to. He couldn't just allow that good thing to happen just because he wanted to bless me. It's got to be there to bring balance and to balance out the evil. No, God's better than we think he is, right? So if we're storing up, God's good and all things work for my good and for my benefit. And even hard things come. We won't be victims. I'm having to learn this. Even when things that we don't enjoy come up in our life and we have to make decisions that we don't like to make. And, it, and, it's a, and we're fearful of what people will think because of decisions that we're having to make. We're fearful of public opinion and public image, but we know we're doing what God's telling us to do. But there's still that pride of, of uh, pride in us. We want people to think that we're doing well and this and that, when in reality we're doing better than we've ever done before because we're doing what God told us to do. So I'm having to learn, okay, <laughs> all things work for my good, even things I don't enjoy. I'm one of those people growing up that if something broke, I didn't want to fix it, just get a new one. Why mess with this broken down lawnmower? Let's just go buy a brand new one. Why have a car longer than two or three years? Let's just trade it in and get a brand new one. Because I didn't enjoy the hassle. Because somewhere internally I believe that the hassle was God saying, I don't approve of you. Or God saying, I don't love you. 
or God saying, I'm going to allow these bad things to happen to teach you a lesson. God's not like any of those things. So what I'm learning now is through the good, through the bad, through the sad, through the glad, I need him. It doesn't matter. I'm storing in my heart. He's good. He's for me. Someone say that with me. God is for me. Say that again. God is for me. He's, he's on your side. He's on my side. He's not the opposition. He's your tag team partner that will destroy anything out there. He's on your team, right? So when bad things come, when evil comes, when hard things come, when trials come, whatever our response will be will be determined by what's in our hearts. If you're storing God is good, God is for me, God loves me, all things work for my good, then no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. But if you're storing diso, diso, uh, disbelief, unbelief, <laughs> disappointment, <laughs> making up my own words here. <laughs> if we store those things up, then life's issues will take on that color, right? So our conversations and words are flavored by what we have stored up in our hearts. It is then the overflow of what's stored in our hearts that becomes our conversations. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Our worlds, our words... <laughs> are more powerful than we realize because we were created in God's image, remember? What did God say when he created everything? It is good. Why could he say it was good? Because the overflow of his heart was good. So his mouth spoke good. Ah. James chapter 3, verse 2 says, For we all stumble in many ways. We're going to close this down. We all stumble in many ways, right? If anyone does not stumble in his words, then he is a perfect man. Woo. How many remember the scripture that says, be holy for I am holy? <laughs> like, that sounds impossible, right? I know it's a command, but it's an invitation. It's God saying, hey, come on, you can do this. We're like, how can I do that? Here's the key how we do it. If we can watch our tongue, then we can be a perfect man. That's what scripture says, James 3, verse 2. And I encourage you in your own time to read uh, James 3, verse 2 through 12, the rest of that. But it says that no man can tame the tongue, and, and even ships are guided by the smallest little, little rudder on it. And, and if we can guard our tongue, then we can tame our whole body, right? It says if, if, if you, anyone does not stumble in their words, he's a perfect man who's able to bridle his entire body. The New Living Translation says it like this. We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongues can also control themselves in every area. That's good stuff right there, right? So here's the conclusion. In Luke chapter 1, there's a story that I, wanna, I don't want to read all of it because it's really long. I encourage you to read all of Luke chapter 1 also in your, in your own reading. There's a story of a man named Zechariah who was a priest, and he had a wife named Elizabeth. And they were going to have a son, right? Now, here's how the story happened. They were godly people. The scripture says in Luke chapter 1, verses uh, 5 through 20 or so is the, the summary I'm going to tell right now. It says that Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth were godly people. They were perfect. They didn't have sin in their life. They were good people, right? It says they had no children, and they were very old, right? So the Bible says that an angel named Gabriel appears to Zechariah while he's in the temple. And he stops and has a conversation with him. He's like, hey, Zechariah, this is what's going on. I wanted to, to give you a message from heaven. Here's your email from heaven, right? And he's like, okay, what is it? He's like, you and Elizabeth are going to have a son. And he is going to bring nations to, to the kingdom. He's going to restore the hearts of the fathers to the, for, to the children. 
He's going he's gonna to walk in purity and holiness. He's going to be this and that. And you're to name him John. And Zechariah interrupts him and responds with this. He goes, how can this happen? I'm too old and she's barren. And in unbelief and through disappointment, he says, this can't happen. You know, you know I, want to hear, I want you to hear probably really what was going on inside of Zechariah and Elizabeth. They'd probably tried to have kids for years. It says they were old. In Bible days, if you did not have a son, it was looked upon like you were cursed from God. That's the way they believed it. It's like there's something wrong with him. They can't have a son. Because the son, you passed on your inheritance to your son. You passed on your blessing to them. So everyone was trying to have kids. That's why they had so many children. It was like children were were a sign of blessing from God. Nowadays, we're like, oh, just give me one or two. That's all I can handle. (laughs) Like, I'll see what we can handle financially. Not back then. They're like, man, children are, are a gift from God. Let's have as many as we can have. Right? That's how we can win the world for Jesus. Christians have more babies, right? <laughs> we promote. No, just like, uh. So month after month, she tells him, oh, we're not pregnant again. No. Has anyone ever known someone or gone through just seasons of, of barrenness where it didn't happen and it didn't happen and it didn't happen? It can hurt, especially a, a woman. like. And the Bible says that, that the issue was within her. And in those days, man, when a woman couldn't bear her husband a child, she was brokenhearted. She felt lot like a lot like a good wife. It's just Bible times. It's not like that these days. But back then, it was really hard on a woman. So month after month, Zachariah and Elizabeth struggled with the offense growing in their heart of being barren another month, another month, another year of no children. Looking around, and all their friends are having kids like bunnies, right? <laughs> and here they are. Ah, no children. And an angel comes to them when they're old. They're dried up. They're barren. They don't even like to sleep in the same bed any longer, right? They are beyond. They've moved their beds apart. (laughs) And the beginning of the I Love Lucy stages where they go to their separate corners, right? Ah, They're like, "Ah, I'll be more funny, but we'll we'll stop. (laughs) And they're like, an angel comes to us and says, you're, you're telling me we're going to have kids now, you tell us? I don't even want to have a kid now. Those teenagers, man, look at them. They're always writing on the walls and stuff. They're listening to their music too loud. And they always race their camels too fast, right? And, and, and he tells them out of unbelief, this isn't going to happen. And you know what the angel says to him? Oh, it's going to happen, Zechariah, but you will not be able to speak until it happens. You will be mute from this day until it comes to pass. <laughs> so fast forward. They moved their beds together, apparently, and it worked. She becomes pregnant, but Zacharias still can't talk. His mouth is completely shut. He's actually learning to sign and give signs to people to communicate. He's the priest of the house. What would you do if I couldn't speak for like a year or two? And we were in here just trying to communicate the gospel to you. I couldn't speak, right? We had to write it on a noteboard. That's what he was doing for this whole time. It doesn't even tell us how long it was. But she becomes pregnant. And then the baby's born. We just kind of fast forward through the story. The baby's born, and he still can't talk, right? So they're trying to come up with a name for this baby. And remember what the angel told him? Hey, you're to name him John. 
So he's trying to sign to him, hey, hey, wait, wait. The baby's name is supposed to be John. Gabriel told me his name's supposed to be John. And when he, when he signed that and told them that, the Bible says that his mouth was open and he could speak. Why, why did God do that? Because words are powerful. Words are powerful. It was like a lesson saying, hey, I don't want your words. Because Zechariah was a powerful man. His words were powerful. I don't want your words to keep you barren. So I'm going to help you out here. I'm going to make your tongue where it doesn't work. Until you will say the things that you're supposed to say. And when he says, oh, yes, Lord. Thank you for the son. His name is John. Instantly he could speak. And he told them what was going on. And, and, and he told them everything that was going on. And they began to praise God. Your words are powerful. I want you to remember this story. I think many times God's doing things inside of us. And our words stop it from happening. Our unbelief. You know, the Bible says there's only one thing that can keep God from doing what he wants to do. And it's when we go by traditions and we live in unbelief. They make his, his words powerless. So I want to ask you a question. Do you know what you're storing in your heart? If you don't know what you're storing in your heart, what's your conversation been? You know, Mandy and I had this talk the other day in the car. And we live in a, a wonderful nation and in a terrible nation, right? It's like the best of times, it's the worst of times, right? When, when the media controls the, the, the mindset of a nation completely, the media, the media can make or break the nation at this point in time by words. By words. They get on the air and say, oh, this is going to happen, and everyone believes it's going to happen. If they leak information that all the, the oil prices are going to go up, blah, 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 then gas prices go up just by leaking information. Oh, they leak information. Maybe this, this athlete is doing this or that. And all of a sudden, everywhere on every TV channel you see, they're talking about these three athletes going to Miami together. What's your opinion? Do you think it's a good decision or a bad decision? Please speak your words of what you think about what's going on. Call in and tell us what you think about Tiger Woods. I use this a lot because I feel bad for the guy, right? Call in and tell us what you think about Obama and what he's doing in this. Call in and tell us your opinions matter to us. Please speak. The Bible says out of our mouth come blessings or cursings. And when we comment and talk about things that we have no business talking about, we are either blessing or cursing things. We were in the car the other night and we were talking and I felt, I felt that we shouldn't talk about something. We, we have friends and we have things that we just discuss. Oh, this is what's going on with this person. This is what's going on with that person. And there are sometimes I'm thinking, well, maybe they should do this. Maybe they should do this or maybe they should do that. And I, I feel really bad about that. Who am I to speak cursing over someone's life? Do I really know? And I'm feeling bad. About, and as a church, I want us to take inventory and not talk about things we shouldn't talk about. Just running our opinions, running our mouths, right? Just at work. Oh, I think our boss should do it a different way. What we're doing is we're creating a culture that's just going to keep on and keep on stirring up strife in our workplace. Oh, they don't treat me very well. I'm going to tell everybody about it and let them know, right? Well, what we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating a world with our words, right? So, 
You ready, Matt? I'm going to have Matt close it out for us. So taming the tongue. Taming the tongue. Did you quote this verse? Man can tame all kinds of wild animals. Can't tame our own tongue. The Lord gave us our tongue for a reason. I mean, he doesn't want us just to be silent or else he would do to us what he did to Zechariah and just shut our mouth up. Be like, shut up. He lets us. He wants us to talk. He wants us to speak. Because our words are powerful. The question is, can you tame your tongue? Can you make your mouth speak blessings rather than curses? That fits so perfectly with the activity we did, right? The circle of compliments. You have an ability to speak into people. You have an ability to speak into situations. Through prayer, you have an ability to speak into spiritual battles. So it's up to you to decide, what am I going to do with that ability? The Lord's not going to take it away from you. He's leaving it up to you. And if He does take it away from you, then there's probably a lesson to be learned. Or maybe you're about to have a baby. I want you to start practicing this. What we did today with the giving out compliments, and remember I mentioned that it should be a precursor to speaking into people's lives, right? Right now we're just learning to, to give somebody a compliment. Hey, this is how you know, I see you, and it's really good. But I want you to begin to practice that outside of here. Even if it's just in your family, God has good things to say. He does. He's filled up with wonderful things to say. The days of, of him using his prophets to proclaim uh, uh, curses and, and this is what's going to happen if you don't follow the Lord, you know, those days are done. That was before Jesus. And now Jesus has come and the situation has changed. And now God has good things to say. And he wants to use you to say them. So choose to be God's megaphone. Choose to be his megaphone. You hear a little bit of whisper and you make it a big proclamation. I want you to remember this too. This is something that hit me in the middle of the sermon and I was like, this is completely unrelated. But maybe it is. I wrote this, I wrote this little piece about forgetfulness and how we tend to, in the middle of life's struggles and the wishing and washing in that way and the washing and the wishing this way, we forget that underneath everything is a foundation that is God. And He's always there. He's always there. Even when... Our life is completely crazy, and we're completely scared. He's still there. The waves of the ocean have no effect on the ocean floor. It's there. It's not going anywhere. And if it wasn't there, then the ocean would just boil into nothing. God is in your life. He's there. He's not going anywhere. So when you speak... Even though all these crazy waves are happening in your life, I want you to speak from the foundation that's underneath all that stuff. 
It's deep in your heart. It's his presence. And when you speak out of that, you will speak peace into violence. You will speak goodness into cursing. You will speak light into darkness. You will speak hope into hopelessness. So maintain that connection with that foundation. Speak from it. Tame your tongue. If you have nothing good to say, then find something good to say. Right? Okay, let's all stand. Um, This morning, I feel like we could come up here and we can do an altar call for for uh, learning to tame our tongues. And, and if you really want prayer for that, then, then please, you know, let us come, come up, come forward. Let us pray for you. But there's something else that's completely, completely unrelated that I feel like we need to do. And I want us, that we should do this regularly. And we try to do it weekly. I want us to reaffirm our, our, our trust in Jesus for our salvation. Okay? So, in your own words... Most of the time I do a little repeat, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I love you. Uh, (laughs) Y'all talk like elves. (laughs) I I want you in your own words this morning to have a time with Jesus and to thank him for dying on the cross for your sins. When you walk out of this place today, I want your faith to be brand new. I want you to renew your faith right now with Jesus Christ and the relationship you have with him and the salvation that you have in him so that when you walk out of this place today, you'll be a brand new Christian again. That's what the definition of renewal is. You make brand new again. Okay? So we're just going to do it. I just want you to pray in your own way. A small, quiet voice. Please speak out loud because, you know, if you mean it, say it and say what you mean. Okay? So let's do it. One, two, three, go. Now say, Lord, help me make the most of my relationship with the King. Amen. You guys, be blessed. If you want prayer for your speaking, I'm right up here. Please come. Let's pray. Otherwise, you guys have a nice fellowship and have a good week. Also, all the Generate parents, we're going to have a meeting across the street. So just walk over to the small building across the street. We're going to meet there about camp. We're leaving tomorrow. High five. Nice. One more. If you want to be a part of or if you uh, signed up to be a part of the worship school, grab a little flyer back there. It has the schedule uh, of the entire course. So it'll be six months, and it'll be the first and third Sunday of every month. Cool. Some of you already got it. Our first meeting will be next Sunday right after church real quick. So thank you.